This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Gents, welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me, as always, is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And, yeah, we're joining you, listeners, after a slightly frustrating end to 2022 for the Magpies. Nil-nil draw at home to Leeds. It was just it was just one of those. It was it was pretty much all Newcastle for about 99% of the game. But, we, yeah, just did not manage to stick it in the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, Leeds' goalkeeper, he did have... A good game. Um, he did. Yeah, but it just didn't seem like they were hitting it right. It just couldn't just keep it down. Um, but yeah, and no, I don't want to take away from from how do you say his name? Mes. Met Mel, yeah. That that dude. Um, <laughs> because I mean, Chris Wood he had some great chances. Didn't didn't I suppose pull off the finish at all, and just either just missed it or scuffed it or just smashed it against the ground. Um, Fabian Cher though he had an excellent game as well he wanted he, it he did want that, <laughs> that goal um, possibly a hint of maybe should have had a penalty I, I'm not I can see him giving but it's also an extremely I mean the weather was awful so the surface was really slippery yeah. I don't I mean no, don't get it wrong I'm not saying it wasn't intentional probably was but any form of contact in that type of weather is going to send you flying um, arguably Sure, I could have just got rid of that ball a bit earlier because there was opportunities to do so. Um, but yeah, I think you can feel a little bit hard done by that you weren't given a penalty there. Um, we've seen them given time and time again and wouldn't really have been going against the run of play at all. So yeah, no, it was a frustrating match for, for all the fans who went there um, to watch it on that miserable, yeah. <laughs> miserable day. Frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I mean... as it, it, yeah, saying all Newcastle leads, literally just the one shot on target at the other end, which was of course that that one from Rodrigo. Um, you know where Pope, you know, decent save, but at the same time one you'd expect him to make. Um, and yeah, as you say, Chris Wood just I'm I'm not going to place it all on Chris Wood's um, shoulders or anything, but yeah, just lacking that a little bit of cutting edge up front. And again, you know, Callum Wilson and ASM both came on for the last half an hour. Uh, and they weren't able to make the difference either. So I'm not like going, oh god, he's just Chris Wood, oh he's not good enough. Or, you know, do you, do you know what I mean? I think it's just, um, you know, even Almiron again, absolutely flying in form and confidence. He wasn't able to, um, you know, stick it in either. Joe, and so yeah, we know I, his, I, I <laughs> despite mean... scoring on Boxing Day, we we know his, um, you know, lack of sort of cutting edge up front as well. I suppose you've got to give credit to Leeds for crowding the box, um, for making it difficult and scrappy at every opportunity um, I don't think they played brilliantly I don't think they've played as well as they can do but they definitely did enough to put Newcastle off and you know at the end of the day for them uh, and for any team to be honest um, putting off the, the other team is kind of your job yes they couldn't finish it yes Newcastle also played well in defence and controlled the match as you say mm. a lot of the time I mean only one shot at all by Leeds and that was the only one that was on target which we've just spoken about um, 
So, yeah, both both teams played well. Obviously, Newcastle played better across the board, whereas Leeds played really well in defence um, to prevent a loss. To be honest, because there was no way they were going to win that match. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll have come away with that happy with a good point and a clean sheet. Yeah, and you know, fair play. Like, <laughs> to, you know, to be fair, and it's hard it's hard to get too annoyed. Although I think you know, where we're playing, we should have won, yeah. but. You know, not many teams have come to St James's Park of late and managed to stop us, uh, which is a great place to be in for us as a team. Uh, I mean, it did end our run of six consecutive league wins, but we are unbeaten in 12 matches and that run stretches back to August. So, I mean, obviously, again, caveat, there was an entire month missing there with the World Cup, but that's still, still impressive nonetheless. And we look... You know, we ended 2022 third in the Premier League table. I can't really have too many complaints, even if. I mean, I'm sure you can because you know Newcastle fans like to complain <laughs> about everything. But, uh, <laughs> no, I think I think Newcastle have hit the ground running, and they've shown that even after that month long break, they've doing the same thing. So it's positives all round. Um, pretty, I'm pretty certain by the end of this season, Newcastle will have European football, which will be amazing. Yeah, um, especially for the fans who've been put through so much, also means that normal normal lumps like us can actually get a ticket because there's no way we're getting a ticket to any form of Premier match, Premier <laughs> yeah. League match. So it'd be nice to potentially see them. Um, but yeah, again, it's all it's all good for for 2023. And if this continues through, obviously this season, which we highly expect it to do so, what does the future hold? 2024 and the latter half of 2023 for the next season. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to. I mean, obviously, calendar year stats are always kind of weird in in football. Oh, but you know that thing that you spent ages doing, and then you realised that they actually had it online as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, I counted all this manually, listeners, and then Newcastle tweeted literally <laughs> with all the stats of virtually that I'd spent ages actually manually counting because I'm a moron. <laughs> I did look on Twitter. I didn't look on. Newcastle's own website. Newcastle's oh, okay. I looked at like Squawker <laughs> and everything else. Didn't look at Newcastle's until it was too late. I was like, oh, okay. That would have saved me like 20 minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I wanted to just like reflect on just how good Newcastle have been in this calendar year. Because of course, obviously just since Eddie Howe took over in October 2021, we've been so much better. But even then, you know, it still took some time for you know the results to actually match the improved performances so I, I wanted to just like just put it in perspective and just have a look at you know what we'd actually done over that calendar year and it was mightily impressive now I mean in terms of I haven't I haven't uh, taken cup and uh, FA Cup and League Cup fixtures into account um, I've, I've only looked at league matches here but <laughs> It's 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 night and day compared with with twenty twenty one, isn't it? Mm, yeah. You know, um, seventy two points across thirty six league games in twenty twenty one. Sorry, in twenty twenty two versus just thirty seven points won in twenty twenty one. So that's literally going from you know relegation candidates to top four candidates over the space of twelve months. Again. You know, seventy-two points in thirty-six games. That's at least a top four candidate. In the pre-Man City Liverpool getting ninety points every season era, it's title contending 
form. Not as I not so much anymore because these days you need, you know, ninety plus points. But it, it's frustrating when you think about what's actually changed with the team. And yes, you've got a couple of big signings, but as we've said, Isaac hasn't played. You have Bruno, um, and that's about it. The only difference, really, um, is, is the managing team and, and clearly what's going on behind the scenes. And it's like what if anyone had given a damn in 2021 what could you have done would it have been such a poor yeah. and demeaning season um well, exactly that's the thing i mean also i mean you know don't get me wrong obviously we've sorted the defense out as well massively you know bringing well again dubravka wasn't really in my opinion urgent to be replaced but you know nick pope's come in and done very well but more importantly you know trippier true yeah trippier, trippier burn and sven botman coming in obviously he's had a massive impact as you say though you look at the players who've or who are already at the club who've done so well mm. like your Joel Winton's your Almiron's you know Fabian Scher's still part a key part of that defence um, all these players who were already at the club who were doing so much better because as you say and that is purely down to Eddie Howe and the management and the coaching team mm. and that's something you know Steve Bruce was always complaining like, oh don't you want don't you think I want better players and it's like Sure, you we can we can have better players, Steve, but you're not doing anything with the ones you've got. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that's the point, and, it, and he, he demeaned the team. Yeah, that, that was that was seen on on the pitch as well. But you know, like it's, it's 36 games, 21 wins, nine draws, only, six defeats. Only yeah, which is pretty darn impressive. Uh, 57 goals scored, 31 uh, conceded, and 16 clean sheets. Anyone would be happy with 16 clean sheets. Um, and never mind with the the fifty seven goals scored. I mean, it, it is it is pretty darn impressive. Yeah, it, as you say, it's just it's just such night and day, just such a rapid turnaround. And yes, yes, we've spent lots of money, uh, mainly on the defence. To be honest, um, well, okay, we've spent a lot of money on on Isaac, but again, only three games played so far. But yeah, you're looking at just over one and a half goals per game, considering that you have effectively one striker and let's call it half because um, your main striker isn't there you're uh, all the time your yeah. replacement striker hasn't been there and you've had Chris Wood who, and I don't mean to belittle Chris Wood at all but he, he is in the type of striker that Newcastle tend to to use very well on his own um, yeah he's, 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 he's a, a step down from, yeah. from Callum Wilson in terms of goal scoring there's no doubt about that and again yeah Turning St James's Park into into a bit of a fortress, really, which again is, is what any team should want to make sure that they're difficult to beat at home, and it's fair to say we've done that. Only two teams have beaten Newcastle at St James's Park in 2022. Again, one of them this was in the FA Cup, but Cambridge United, as, as of course we all remember, listeners, that was rather humiliating. But that was literally our very first game of the calendar year. You know, obviously, yeah, we were on the wrong end of a giant killing that day. Otherwise, it, the only team to beat us was Liverpool, who only beat us one nil uh, back in April. So that's you know that's our platform. Obviously, we've done well away from home as well, but that's our that you know, gives us such a huge platform to build on. Um, as you say, in pursuit of European football, I mean, as you say, whether we hang on to the top four or not, you know. Who's to say? But I think we've we've certainly given, as you say, we've given ourselves a great chance of just getting some form of European football, which would mm. be, you know, 
uh, <laughs> amazing. I mean, we've not had it since, you know, I think we've I think we last got there in well, it would have been like twenty thirteen, and that was like the only time we've had it under. I think the whole of Mike Ashley. So otherwise, you're then looking at like what, like 2006, 2007, something like that. So yeah, and, and that was you know when we used to be absolute regulars. On virtually every year, we were in either the Champions League or the UEFA Cup. You know, back in the day, to to yeah, to get any form of European football would be absolutely delightful. To be honest, especially because you know me personally, as I've said long, you know, many a time on this podcast, I would have just settled for top half this season. And I think we're going to exceed, you know, my initial expectation. It certainly seems like. I mean, even if you go tits up for this latter half of the season, I reckon you'll probably finish about seventh. If you go, if if the form dramatically decreases, mm. um, but yeah, I, I think I think you can set your sights on European football quite easily here. And and it's still, I mean, he's with you. Arsenal and Man City, Arsenal are known to drop it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to, I mean, obviously, we'll we'll talk a bit about Arsenal shortly, since obviously they're our next game. But to be fair, I, I mean, have both well too, they it's still going to be a huge challenge for Arsenal to, yeah, to to keep Man City at bay. But so, so far, you can't really fault them on what they've done. You know, they've been virtually impeccable so far. Again, we'll, we'll go into their records soon, but that. That's the thing, obviously, as we know with Man City, is they can push you every step of the way. They can go on runs where they just win like 16 games in a row. And it's like, well, mm. you know, I say the only team that's been able to even kind of keep up with them lately has been Liverpool. And obviously, they're not going to be doing that this season. Uh, that much is clear. So Arsenal have got a long way to go still. But yeah, you can't fault them so far. But I mean, it's, I, as I say, I don't want to. I know people are like, oh, could could Newcastle? You know, I, I still can't see that. Especially if, for example, if we were to lose to Arsenal on uh, on Tuesday night, and, and listeners, this is normally would come out on a Wednesday. This is going to be coming out earlier, um, so that you've actually got time to listen to it before we play Arsenal. If we, for example, if we were to lose to them on Tuesday night, which could easily happen, you know, away at the Emirates, that's already going to be a pretty big gap on Arsenal. You know, so I can't necessarily. You know, I, I don't want to talk about us as title challengers. I, I'm not sure. I think that's, we're a, in long, that I think that's a long-term goal. For now, let's just make sure. Exactly. That you I think the media, the media just get excited. Um, yeah. Let's make. Sure, let's see if we can finish in the top four first, because that. You know, even from being in third and all the rest of it, that will still be a huge achievement. Because there is slightly more than half of the season left to go, so there's a lot of football left to be played. Um, but yeah, as I say, twenty-two. 2022 just yeah again we all know why and where it's come from I don't want to obviously dismiss that listeners you've heard me go on about it a million times so there's obviously a huge um, asterisk next to all of our joy which is a real shame but just to reflect just on that contrast between 2021 the, the you know that end of the Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce era and then what Eddie Howe has been able to achieve again with far more resources um, because of the ownership and all that kind of stuff but just just have fun it's you know and again yeah all the off pitch stuff does take some shine away which again is a real shame but just to focus on the on pitch stuff just how much more fun 
it's been after like you know 15 years mm. of almost a- a- abject misery <laughs> um that has been pretty huge for us um so yeah here's to 2023 here's hoping that I mean, just just a comparable. It doesn't have to improve again. Just anything similar, and we'll, that'll still be a phenomenal achievement. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Just before we get onto the previews, though, a little, little tiny little bit of news was just that Martin Dubravka and Matty Longstaff, Matty Longstaff, even mm-hmm. uh, have returned to Newcastle. And Longstaff is not going to be loans. playing. <laughs> yeah, no. Unfortunately, um, yeah, he he was stretched off on Boxing Day. Uh, he's been on, on alone at Colchester and it turns out he suffered an ACL injury so that's pretty much him out for the season unfortunately which is a real shame for him. I mean I suspect he doesn't have much of a future at Newcastle um, given that you know he's been going out on loan to teams like Colchester uh, bless him but still just a huge shame for him just as a young still quite a young player uh, to get any sort of injury like that when you know and you're going to have six months out of your development which is such a huge amount of time it's, it's awful for any player at any point in their career but especially at such a formative time I mean at um, least he's young enough to recover um, quickly yeah yeah but uh, it's still you know um, real shame for him as for Dubravka yeah only made two appearances for Man United which were both in the League Cup uh, so his loan spell was always until January January anyway West Man United decided to make it permanent um, and yeah so yeah only only made two two games uh, in the League Cup obviously the rest were De Gea I think so uh, he, he's back in Newcastle and, and again I don't have a problem with him being back because he is a far better um, alternative to Nick Pope than you know Carl Darlow or, or anyone else's so the fact that you know if Nick Pope gets injured, if um, Eddie Howe wants to rest up and change the team, for example, maybe in in the FA Cup, um, you know, in the early rounds of the FA Cup, you know, I'd much rather have Dubravka come in than anyone else. So you know, I'm, personally, I'm I'm not too sad that he's back. Yeah, it's, it's a nice place to be, isn't he's, it? Yeah, um, he's a great goalkeeper. He was one that I don't think really needed replacing in the first place. Again. Nick Pope has come in and done done a fabulous job overall. So I mean, you know, I can't uh, <laughs> can't fault Nick Pope on that. But I think having two two of them, I mean, long term, I think I'm sure Dubravka being good enough to be a number one uh, in a lot of other clubs in the Premier League, he's not going to probably want to stick around long term as a number two, which is is fair enough. But at least maybe for the remainder of the season, unless he goes back on loan somewhere else or or someone else does come in for him, I'd be happy to have Dubravka at Leicester at the moment. <laughs> yeah, he would be a big upgrade on on Danny Ward. Yeah. I, I think absolutely. As soon as Schmeichel left, yeah, we should have. I think, and you and that. you guys, you know, and obviously we'd gone for um, Nick Pope. So again, you kind of would have had a sense that oh, Dubravka's potentially available. I think Leicester should have absolutely tried to snap him up. Oh, hundred percent. I know you didn't have a lot of money to play with, but I'll be honest, I doubt he would have cost you a huge amount. I think the problem is we have no money to play with. Um, I think that's the issue. Yeah, um. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I I think you'd still be wise to try and go for him, you know, now uh, in January now that he's he's back at St James's Park. But uh, but yeah, anyway, those two players back. Uh, one, we'll see if he plays a role. The other one uh, certainly won't be this season. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be surprised if we 
really see much of Matty Longstaff in a Newcastle shirt ever again, unfortunately. But um, obviously, it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, and obviously, just just good luck to him. You know, he's. We'll always have that that debut and that goal. Uh, I think against Man United, and that adorable <laughs> interview that him and Sean did with Sky afterwards, um, the two brothers. I know it was yes, adorable. It was. It was. Cat. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Come on. You know, but yeah, just yeah, real shame for him getting such such a nasty injury. But um, anyway, as I say, we've got uh, Arsenal on Tuesday, and then. Third round of the FA Cup, uh, everyone's favourite time of, of the season. We're away at uh, then Sheffield Wednesday on uh, Saturday, so we've got a double header preview for you um, this week, listeners. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about Arsenal first because, as I say, we're going to be coming at you a bit earlier this week, so that um, well, n- under normal circumstances, uh, we would come out on the Wednesday, which wouldn't actually be after the Arsenal game, but. We wouldn't have we you know, we wouldn't even be able to mention it because we spoiler alert listeners we normally record before ten o'clock on a Tuesday night for it to go out Wednesday morning so um, yeah thought we'd just mix up the schedule a little bit this week to um, yeah so we could actually cover it because it's such a huge match for us as well it's a huge match for Arsenal too I think I think it could be a really interesting one with both sides just going at it um, but yeah no I'm I'm excited to watch this one and I assume it's on Sky. I'll be honest. I have no idea if it's on TV, but they'll. If it's not on TV, it w- it's sham. yeah. It would be ludicrous if it's not. Actually, I should have checked to be honest, uh, because I also very much want to watch it. I will check. You continue. <laughs> yeah, I'd be amazed if it wasn't given it's literally first versus third, <laughs> you know, in the table. Um, yes, it is on Sky. So yeah, good. Yeah, it, it, I'm gonna. Yeah, uh, I shall look forward to watching this one. At least until Arsenal win, anyway. Uh, no, but um, as yeah, it's a huge test for both sides. Again, for us, as great as we've been, and don't get me wrong, we've, you know we've got some good results. Obviously, you know, for example, like against Spurs and Man City earlier in the season. But you know, it's still if if you're going to want to try and stay in the top four, if you're going to want to try and establish yourself in that top six, top seven, and again, as I say, top four in particular, then having good results good performances against your fellow top four top six top seven teams <laughs> is huge but again that's probably one of the differences between the ones who get in the top four and the ones who who don't finish in the top six is they're all obviously very good teams but it's the ones who probably do the best against each other mm. in those uh, head-to-head matches that are probably they just have that edge that gets them Champions League football versus the ones who don't it's just the extra point the consistency it's just playing for points really at the end of the day mm. if you can scrape by with a 1-0 win against these tier teams that is three points that you have that they don't so exactly um, you know but and say Arsenal again you can't really fault them to be honest top of the table They've won fourteen of their sixteen games this season. Yeah, fourteen wins, one one draw, one one defeat. So, you know, again, virtually impeccable. You got to you got to hand it to Mikel Arteta and his team because, uh, in fact, I believe it's been one of the best pre- starts in Premier League history. Um, in terms of that, I think I think it's like the they're in the top four or five best ever starts to a season. I mean, half of the other ones are Man City. I think, uh, funnily enough, but. 
Um, or, or maybe might you know might put Liverpool in there as well. But um, but it's say like hands off to to Arteta because he's done he, he's done quite a lot and it has been a massive work in progress. But I think a lot of Arsenal fans and and media have had a great time and others have had a great time you know ribbing them a little bit. But yeah. he has stuck to his guns and he's gone for it and it's taken what a year and a half, two years, and this is a result of it. And you know props for. For, for, for you know the whole club as a whole for actually keeping him on and, and sticking with this dream because they've had to and here we are this is the result it's got a very young squad they're very talented and they're clearly playing with a lot of confidence and, and it is working now it is clicking they, mm. they are sticking to his system and you know I, I'm just I'm glad for him um and Arsenal, but like for him particularly, that this is actually come to fruition now, and and, and we're seeing the results. Yeah, exactly. I think I think um, I fully agree, to be honest. And again, just to put it in perspective, I mean, <laughs> not to toot our horn again, mm-hmm. we actually still have the best defense in the league with only eleven goals conceded in seventeen games. So again, we should be a big test for them as well. Let's not get oh, away from no, that. No, no, no. Of course, but, of course. I just. But yeah, they've got the second best defence with only 14 goals conceded. And, you know, at the other end, they've been absolutely fantastic as well with 40 goals scored in 16 games. So more than more than two a game. Yeah. That's a hell of an average, you know. Um, so, let's say both teams are going to be a huge test for one another. And they've won their last five in a row. Um, now, in terms of recent records, uh, we actually did beat Arsenal... Uh, when we last met them which was in May at the end of last season if you you remember it was actually one of our best performances under Eddie Howe we absolutely um, blew them away that that day I think it was only I think it was only like 2-0 or something but we really I can't remember the score now but we really like it was a really really top performance from us Um, however it is also worth noting that uh, despite that win over the last 20 meetings between Newcastle and Arsenal, Arsenal have won 18 of them. No draws. No, no, oh, we both drew, oh, we both got points. No, they've literally beaten us 18 of the last 20 times. And we've not won at Arsenal since 2010. Um, so, just to put that in perspective, history's not on our side despite us winning, <laughs> you know, uh, different team, May. different mentality. But, let's, yeah, yeah. It, let's let's just see how it goes. And and again, I was I would settle for a draw. But my goodness, is this optimism? No. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I would I would very much settle for a draw if you offered it to me right now. But let's again, it's it's a useful barometer of where we're at, as much as it is for where Arsenal are at. I think both teams, and all in all, though, it should just be a really really top match. Hopefully. Um, Hopefully both teams. Well, I was going to say hopefully both teams play well. Hopefully Arsenal don't. <laughs> I, I want us to play well and win, and them to not have a good day. But no, in terms of just like, uh, well, maybe from maybe a neutral's perspective or uh, what have you, just like uh, just a really good game of football between two very good and very confident, informed teams um, is hopefully what what we're going to get on Tuesday. Um, and then yeah, we've got Sheffield United. Uh, sorry, she- oh god, sorry Wednesday fans, we've got Sheffield Wednesday. Ooh. Uh, away at Hillsborough in the FA Cup on Saturday. Um, at the time of recording, they are third in League One. Um, obviously, it's it's hard to ever really preview this kind of stuff because it's like 
as long as we turn up and do our jobs, we will avoid a giant killing. And it would be nice to avoid the giant killing because obviously this time last year we lost at home to Cambridge United in the third round. And obviously that's always quite humiliating. Fair play to Cambridge though. I have a Um, friend who's a Wednesday fan and they very, 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 very much want to win this match. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) And again, you know, I mean, again, sometimes it doesn't always matter with these games. Uh, whether they're at the top of League One or at the bottom of League One or you know wh- whichever league they're in you know what I mean sometimes form kind of goes out the window a little bit for these matches um, so it's one we're going to but they are third uh, again at the time of recording they may even be up to second uh, by the time the match is played uh, depending on their results but yeah it, it's, it's just one of those where um we've just got to turn up and do our jobs basically um, as I say form can kind of go out the window I'm sure Eddie Howe will make some changes because we've got a busy January uh, obviously we've got the quarter final of the League Cup uh, coming up next Tuesday so uh, against Leicester that's obviously going to be a bit more of a priority than the third round of the FA Cup even though I don't think, though the I don't FA think Cup... you need to worry about that one <laughs> but just in terms of the stage route obviously the FA Cup you'd much rather win than the League Cup but when you're a lot further in the F, uh, in the League Cup, that probably takes slight priority. So again, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Eddie Howe does with his team selection. Um, and again, just as I say, just a generally busy January because, especially as well, if we do go through in the League Cup, then it's a two-legged semi-final, uh, unless they're changing it this year. But I think it's still going to be two legs. But I could be wrong. Um, either way, that's still going to be an extra game that has to be played this month. It's going to be congested you know it's going to be interesting to see what we do um, yeah selection wise see it but whoever Eddie Howe picks whether it is a team full of reserves or not we just need to try and yeah we just got to turn up and do, and do our jobs basically because um, it's it, I'm sure it's not going to be an easy one um, you know there's going to be a good atmosphere I'm sure at Hillsborough I have I've been there myself actually for a um, Steel City derby which was and you survived with no <laughs> somehow no missing appendages. It was <laughs> it was honestly one of the most vicious atmospheres I've ever experienced at a, at a football match. Obviously, it's not going to be that uh, aggressive this time because we're not Sheffield United. But it's going to be a good atmosphere at Hillsborough. They're going to be obviously absolutely giving it their all. I'm sure it's going to be a tough match if, uh, for whoever Eddie Howe picks. So we need to turn up and do, and do our professional jobs there and just avoid <laughs> avoid the giant killing and hopefully avoid a replay. Um, as well because that's an extra fixture that let's face it we just we don't need um, but yeah so we will be back next week to look back on those I'm again with Newcastle playing next Tuesday against Leicester I'm not too certain when we'll be back next week we'll have to work that out schedule wise um, but we will certainly be back if nothing else to talk about these two matches um, if nothing else hopefully with some good news uh, to report hopefully with Newcastle still in the FA Cup and you never know maybe having not lost at the Emirates Stadium we'll, <laughs> we'll see uh, keep your fingers crossed listeners all your stats are going to be messed up for next year yeah absolutely yeah okay anyway sorry <laughs> in the meantime if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and a positive review that'd be amazing we've been Magpies Unrestricted I've been your host Chris Simpson thanks Cara no problem. and thank you listeners bye, bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.